Welcome to another bonus podcast. I am sitting here in our podcast room with Erin. Say hello. Hello. And with Thalia. Hello. Good. There you got our, our voices in five-second segments. Now you can distinguish between <laughs> us as we go through the morning. Um, we are going to talk this morning about dating. Hooray. We had, yeah, hooray. We have all some experience on that. We're going to pick Thalia's brain the most since she talks to people the most about it. Well, and we don't have any guests that are in sort of the dating zone, because the three of us are married, for a deliberate reason, because we didn't want to put them on the spot or their own experiences. Right. So instead, we're putting kind of these general people's experiences on the spot, so you won't know their names, but we've talked to a lot of teenagers, young adults, and people all through middle age and older on the whole realm of dating. Okay. So that's where this comes from. And two podcasts ago, I guess, we did kind of an LGBT follow-up podcast, which was uh, using questions that the high schoolers generated about these relationships. And so some of the questions they genera- generated were dating-related, too. And so we mm-hmm. thought we'd use some of those today. So that's partly from that podcast, yeah. too, the ones that were more just heterosexual dating questions. Yeah. And my kids are not there yet, so I'm going to just, I'm going to listen and hear what you all have to say. <laughs> we're going to pull you in. Don't worry. You're not going to get off on sitting in your own little corner there, Erin. <laughs> Uh, first, we thought we would define the terms. What do we mean by, what, how is a date different than dating? What, what happens before a date? Like, what kind of are the terminologies that we use? So, Well, it's funny, because when I listen to the high schoolers or the young adults, they talk about having a thing. And they know that two people have a thing when they kind of, you know, are kind of a little bit making those uh, googly eyes at each other, and they're hanging out together in groups a little more specially than others. But they're not actually dating yet they just so they're flirting thing. yeah the yeah. first signs of flirting that yeah. you know oh she's interested in him or he's interested in her yeah. okay yeah. they use the word hanging out for just simply groups of teens young adults people throughout life just hanging out so hanging out is nothing and then you have a thing which is the next level of <laughs> something and then you might go on a date but that doesn't mean you're dating so it's an what's isolated a- event yeah so a date you might go for coffee or for lunch with somebody it's sort of you know it's just you might go once or twice or three right. times. There's no commitment. You're not dating. I would say the line for when you're dating is when there's usually a physical component or you're an exclusive item. That's so what you, I would say. What so would other you say? people, yeah. So other people know that you're not um, available. Kind of you're you're connected to one person. Yeah. Yep. And that might be, take a little while to get to the dating stage, but that's okay. So you just go on a couple dates and then you decide: is this something I want to pursue? Yeah. Is this someone I want to take further? Now we have, what's complicating this is the whole uh, Duggar concept, you know, the courtship concept. If you've watched 19 Kids and Counting, which is off the air now, but was for a while on the air, and they believed in courtship, which is absolutely no, like, physical contact other than a side hug (laughs) until you get married. Like no kissing, and did they, no hand holding. Did they go out one on one together or not? Always they chaperoned. chaperoned. Always chaperoned. Okay. Yeah. And when you were engaged, you could hold hands, but you couldn't kiss until you got married. And so it's very popular in the Christian culture to adopt this idea of courtship, where it's hmm. very strict rules around relationships. And so you're dating. building that kind of emotional relationship, the intellectual getting to know each other, but yeah. not building the the one on one. And yeah. the physical side of things. Because the physical can get carried away quickly. Yeah. And then you feel more attached to that person. Yeah. Right? So that's going to keep that at bay while you can actually assess if this is a person that you would want to spend your life with. So I don't know that I would, well, I don't agree with courtship. I can understand where it comes from and I can understand the dangers around it, like you said, about the physical dangers. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I, I couldn't see that. You don't think it's realistic in no. our current day? Well, no. and there's a certain amount of, you have to grow in trust and relationship with somebody over yeah. time before you decide whether you're going to marry them or not. And does that give you enough opportunity, I guess, to be, to know each other well enough? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before you make that choice. Yeah. And I think people need to make their own decisions. Are you going to have sex before marriage or not? Because just because you have chaperones and things like that, I just don't, I think people need to make their own decisions. They have to grow as adults and figure out what they're going to do in their relationships or not do. Because three years into marriage, you're not going to have anyone chaperoning you on your business trip to make sure you don't mess around with your secretary or something, right? Like you have to learn those self-discipline pieces along the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you guys look back on your own kind of dating experience, (laughs) what are the things that you say, oh, that was so fun. And the things that you say, oh, I just don't want to go back there to that spot. Because there's both, right? You look back with fondness and you also look back with kind of like, phew, we're done. (laughs) Well, the fun part is feeling special to someone. Yeah. Someone thinks that you're worthwhile enough to date. You know, hopefully they think you're good looking or cute or whatever the thing may be. But that's the fun part. That excitement factor, the heart pounding. and The the anticipation of going on a date, a specific date that's kind of fun and whatever. Or just the anticipation of seeing that person. Maybe it's been three or four days since you saw them and you're like, yeah, The flirting was fun. Oh, yeah. And being able to tell your friends after that you went on a date, you kind of feel like you're kind of cool because somebody (laughs) took you on a date. (laughs) Like I remember, okay, this is bad, but when I started dating, I was in grade nine and I was at a very small Christian school and the guy that was um, took me on a date is in grade 12 and he had a car. So that's why I dated him. (laughs) had nothing to do with him in terms of... He liked his car. Was it a good car or just the fact that he had a car and could take you over? He could drive. And so... He was a hockey player, and so we went to his hockey games in his car and then would hang out with his friends afterwards, and I thought I was so cool. Because here I am hanging out with a grade 12. Grade 12. <laughs> and he has a car. I'm like, this is really cool. But I quickly realized it took, only took a month or two, and I realized, oh, he doesn't talk. And <laughs> if you know me, you know that's not going to work very well. So after a couple of months, I realized, oh, it, the car is really cool, and hanging out with his older friends All is right. really cool, but we can't talk, and we have nothing to say to each other. So this is going to have to stop. <laughs> What about the negative things? What are the things that you're glad you're not part of anymore? Yeah, I think for me, it's, I mean, I think the breaking up is kind of icky. Yeah. I like that part. And I didn't like, I always raced ahead. I always was thinking, hmm. oh, I wonder if this is somebody that can be my partner for life. And I felt like a bit of a pressure, like, uh. oh, let me see if I can eke out all the little informations that I want to get out so I can find out if this is the one. So you can compare it with your checklist yeah. see if this is the right person. <laughs> I didn't like the fact that, you know, I might like somebody and have a crush on them and want to date them, but they liked my friend. Like oh. it's not always two-sided. Yeah. That's an awful <laughs> feeling. And you, your whole self-worth goes downhill Crumbles. simply because the person likes your friend. Yeah. And then you kind of think, oh, if I, my, only my hair was longer or curlier, if I was taller, shorter, if I was tanned, less tanned, like what you kind of just think through everything about yourself and how can I make myself better so the guy would like me and not my friend? Like it's just terrible. There's an element of self, self deprecation there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always was worried about the signals I was giving off to people too. Like I was like, okay, I like this person as a friend and I want to be able to hang out with him at university, but I don't want him to get the wrong impression that I want more than this. And, and so always kind of trying to figure out how to walk that line nicely. So you don't actually alienate all the guys in your life. You still have guy friends that you can talk to, but not letting everybody think that you're interested in them. I always found that. And then if somebody would be interested in me and I wasn't, then it felt so awkward. Oh, it's, I yeah. just, that, I hated that part of it because I felt like, well, can't we just be friends or 
Yeah. So most of the married people in our life will say, when they look back at the dating time, they'll say, it was fun, but we're so glad we're not there. But young adults will come to me and they get really discouraged by that statement. They, why do all the married people say that they wish that uh, they're or so they're glad, glad they're not sorry, there. they're yeah. so glad that they're not in that season of dating? And so I said to one young adult late, recently, I said, it's a good thing that the married people in your life are saying that. Because if the married people were saying, oh, I wish I was dating again, I wishes, wish I was in that season, I would be worried. Because I want married people to love being married to the person they're with and not be yearning for the days of dating. Yeah, not be looking for that next heart-pounding thing with some new guy or some illicit no. relationship or some yeah. No, cuz it's romance. a bit roller coastery in it those is. season. Yeah. It's up, it's down, it's around. It's just it's kind of awful that way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to have a few questions that people asked. Should people date in high school? Yeah. Or should you wait until you're like college age and ready to get married? What would you say? So I would say Middle school is probably too young and probably grade nine is too young. I don't know why my parents allowed that. Because you aren't ready to get married. Um, but I would say by the time you get to grade 11 or 12, then you know you, it could take you a year or two or three to decide if you want to live life with this person. So I don't necessarily think grade 11 or 12 is too young. My husband, Mark, disagrees a little bit. He's thinking that once you wake up your physical side and you, mm-hmm. you, know, you turn on that switch. You commit to somebody. Yeah, yeah. then you know, you're, it's playing with a little bit of risk there in terms of if you want to stay pure until you're married, right. that's tough the sooner you turn that on. But in our house, we joke because when my kids were a lot younger, I thought 16 was a really good age that you could date. And then as I got closer, I went, no, 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 hang on. They don't have their license at 16. They cannot actually drive themselves on a date. So in our house, I moved it to 17. I said, you can only date and when you have N. your N. Your you N have completed. to have your yeah. N completed so you can drive yourself. I'm not. That's creepy. I'm not driving anybody on a date. <laughs> so we changed that rule. So that's kind of funny. The only, I mean, my caution for a high school dating in a serious relationship is that I think when you're still a, a late teen and you have a maybe a relationship that goes on for a couple of years, and then you realize, okay, this isn't working. A lot can change in a person's life between yeah. 17 and, say, 21, yeah. 20, something like that. You go in it's different directions, years, right? It's the character. And now and, yeah. you have to, like, it's like a divorce on a di- sort yeah. of one level anyways because you've, you've shared dreams, you've shared hopes, you've shared so much information with each other, and now that best friend, that mm-hmm. really close person is, like, ripped out of your life. Yeah. And eventually you'll find the person that you're going to marry. But this was a significant relationship in your past. And that's a little bit of a tricky thing to navigate. And adding to that, the tricky part is if you date seriously in high school, which is not wrong, don't Mm -hmm. hear that. If you date seriously in high school, you may make your university plans around that person instead of around your own interests and your own passions in life. So it may alter your plans it might not be a good thing for you to base your plans on another person instead of on your own direction right yeah and i think even if you are seriously dating in high school it's a good idea to continue to build your your single gender friendships like your yeah. if you're a girl continue to build your girl friendships the guy continue to build your guy because you know as much as you are with this person you don't know if that relationship is necessarily going to be the one that you get married to you don't want to break up two years later and realize you've isolated yourself from all your friends and you have right. no one else to be to spend time with yeah. So you don't want that dating relationship to be too um, single-focused that you don't have other fr- friendships. We learned that in, do you remember the Twilight series, the books and the movies? 
So there, it's a very exclusive 24-7, 365 dating relationship between the vampire and the human girl. And I remember reading the books in terms of, because I wanted to see what the kids that age were into, and I just thought, oh, red flags all over the place. We should not be exclusively with only one person. Even if it's with a girl and her girlfriend, there should be other people in her life so that she can get to know, and not a, um, a girl and guy <coughs> friend, like boyfriend, girlfriend only, because mm-hmm. you want to have other people in your right. life. Yep. I, I think can, that's important. I can see that. Mm-hmm. So in this age of feminism, can a girl ask a guy out? Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. I tell the young adults that. Well, you and I do both, Crystal. We tell the girls that feel free to ask a guy out for coffee. But you don't want it to stay one-sided. You don't want to be always the one initiating. No. So if you ask them out for coffee the first time and they're kind of interested, then they could ask you the next time to do something else. Like it should go back and forth, that ping pong effect we've talked about before. Yeah. But it's not like we, that's a taboo that we always have to wait to be pursued. We can also show interest. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think as women too, we feel like we have to be so guarded um, that we don't give guys any indication that we like them or not. And they kind of have to be the detective and figure it out. Right. (laughs) And I think that's not really fair either. Because if we were going into a relationship, we'd want to know kind of whether whether that person wants to spend time with us or not before we risk ourselves asking, even with a friend, you know, asking a friend for coffee, you kind of want to know that they like you and they want to be with you before you open yourself up and say, do you want to do this with me? And if Mark were sitting here, my husband, he would disagree a little bit. And he'd say, he thinks it's important for guys to ask the girl out because he thinks it's important for them to show that initiative, that leadership, that courage, that they should build up that courage to ask someone out. So maybe girls, we shouldn't be so quick to ask for coffee, but it's not wrong to. So that kind of thing. Yeah, we don't want to always be the initiator. We want to see leadership mm-hmm. definitely in the person that we're marrying. Yeah, that's a good, good sign. Point. How about online dating? What have you experienced? You guys both do the pre-marriage mentoring. Yeah. So what have you experienced right. in there? Well, over a third of our couples have met online, which is very interesting from a wide variety of websites. There doesn't seem to be one that is primary over the other ones. Although if you asked Greg Harris, because that was fun and funny, somebody uh, phoned in at to me and asked which of the online websites I recommended. But I couldn't remember which ones were the most popular. So I asked Greg, he says, oh, eHarmony. <laughs> so I don't know exactly why, but you can always phone or email in and I'll ask around the office again. We have some couples on staff that have met online and gotten married. Yeah, and sometimes we've had couples that have met online and then realized they both live in Abbotsford or both go to North Church. Yeah, we have one of <laughs> those they couples. just haven't met here in, yeah. the, in the physical building. I don't think there's anything wrong with using an online filter. It's great because you have ways of assessing that you might not be able to do on your own because the community is just so big and you haven't found somebody that would match up with you. And you've got this thing that's going to just filter everybody out and filter a couple people in and there, ding, there you go. What's good about online dating is Try that it. you know that you are going to be dating. Like the purpose is you want right. to find someone to date. Whereas when you're hanging out at young adults or something like that, you are hanging out, but you don't necessarily know that it's clear that somebody else is wanting to date you or you want to date them. Like it's a little bit more mm, up in the air. Whereas online dating, you're putting yourself you're putting out there. attention there. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of the negatives that people have or the fears people have about online dating? Some weird person. Yeah. Set yeah. you up for something dangerous. Yeah. And then you don't know if that's a, a real person or if they're actually who they're pretending to be online. Yeah. Well, and as a parent, I have huge fears about online dating. Yeah. Because I think now I know my kids and I know the kids of the um, like 
the school kids that my kids hang out with, the youth kids my kids hang out with. I know their parents, their families. I kind of have a flavor of who they are. But if our kids meet somebody online across the country, different province, even different city, it's like, I don't know them. I don't know their friends. I don't know their family. I don't know if they're connected in with a church or what kind of church. Like, it's terrifying. It's no safety net. No. So you want to have certain things that you keep in mind as you... Slowly yeah. build that relationship. Slowly build that relationship. Yeah. And okay. make sure you spend References. time yeah, in, in person. <laughs> see them in their home environment. Yeah. See them with their parents. See them as much as you can in, in everyday life. Yeah. Because the more the older my kids get, the more I understand arranged marriage. I'm like, <laughs> totally. I could so do that. I could set my kids up with somebody, with the person and the character and the family that I know and I think that they would connect with. And when you think back at the history of arranged marriage, it did have a different expectation than about marriage, right? Where people thought we were just in this as companions to travel through life together and do things. We don't necessarily expect this person to be our everything and our big romantic soulmate and all this stuff. And so people maybe stayed in marriage longer and had fulfilling relationships because their expectations were in some ways better. Coming into it, yeah. Yeah, because we expect now for our spouse to meet every single need we have and to anticipate them and to be exactly who who we need them to be. Right. Which ties into that great quote I had written down here by Gary Thomas. He says, your spouse is not your destination. Your spouse is your travel partner. Hmm. I thought that puts takes off a lot of pressure. So is this somebody that you can do life with? Can you be in a vehicle and you're in traffic together? Can you do tasks around your house? Can you go grocery shopping together? Can you raise kids together? Could you be alongside this person in all of the regular activities of life? That's the person you should be looking for. It's really no different than finding a good friend of the same gender. You kind of, some people you naturally connect with and yeah. some people you don't connect with as much. So you're looking for just a best friend in a marriage partner. Yes. That's what I think. Yep. Any other things about online dating? Nope, I think that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Group dynamics. Um, people ask, you know, I'm in this group of friends and I'm kind of interested in one girl in it, but I'm worried about upsetting the whole group if I, if I date that person. Or what if things go wrong and then the whole group falls apart? So what do you say to somebody that I'm hearing that that, that is a problem and it has been a problem even when we were young. So like you said, if a guy asks a girl out, they date for a few times and it doesn't really work out and they break up. Now it feels like he can't date another girl in that group because he's been blacklisted. Where I think, you know, that's not okay. Like, I think we have to have room to make mistakes, to break up and then try someone else. That's and it kind might not of even purpose. be mistakes. It might just be realizing after a couple yeah. of times in that, oh, actually, we know we're not that compatible. Yeah, it's I think that's okay. not necessarily a black mark on your character no. or on the fact that you're a player or, no. or whatever. Yeah, because that's the purpose of dating. I mean, it can be anyways for some people. It would be my purpose in having gone through the process is you're trying to find somebody that you can do life together mm-hmm. with. And so if you are honestly sitting there looking at this person saying, I no, this isn't going to be the one that I can do life with for 50 years, then it's okay. Like we have to have that space to say, no, this isn't the one. I remember Marilyn Monroe saying, he's an angel. He's not my angel. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> <laughs> because my mom says there's a crooked lid for every crooked pot. <laughs> and so if you date someone and they're not for you, but they might be for one of your friends. Right. So yeah, it's just because they're wrong. not a match for yeah. you doesn't mean that they're not a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we have to get rid of the stigma around people that, that are trying to 
date and make relationships, not necessarily think negatively about them for that. And then adding into that dynamic is the problem with if you're very good friends with someone of the opposite gender, you have a really good friendship and you think, oh, if I date them, I might ruin the friendship. Like if Mm -hmm. it goes wrong, I might ruin. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's the risk you're taking. And I think it's a good risk to take because if you want to move to the next deeper level, you're going to have to risk the friendship. Yeah. There's no way, way around it or no. else you can stay friends your whole life and never actually get to that marriage part. But if you want, if your goal is to get married, yeah, then you have to take that risk at some point. So a caution around the line. Yeah. So caution around that, that I've heard is that it's very normal now in our culture for guys to be very good friends with a lot of girls or girls to be friends with a lot of guys naturally get along good friends. That's a good thing. The problem is when you make someone more exclusive, so if a guy dates a girl and she becomes more exclusive, he is going to have to forsake the other girls. He's putting one girl ahead of the others. And it can be a bit of a ripping because all of a sudden you're not hanging out with the other girls to the same degree as you were before. They are not the same level of friendship. And you shouldn't be texting them as much and Facebook messaging them. No, and going out for coffee with them and things like that. So just note that if you have great friends of the opposite gender, it is going to be a bit of a hard thing when you put one ahead of the others. Mm -hmm. That's just normal. That's that's how it goes. That's how it's always been. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I guess maybe people are more connected now with... I think. Yeah, you think with texting and stuff, people are more connected with people of the opposite gender than oh, they yeah. would have been. Social media you share has made, stuff a yeah. lot more intimately than you would if you're just meeting at school talking. Yeah, sorry. That's a good first step of learning how to put those boundaries in place in a marriage as well. Yeah. Because those boundaries have to be there. If you want to have a great marriage great for life. Marriage. So that's you're when you're dating someone, you're learning those first steps of being in a committed relationship with somebody. Yeah. And that also includes a certain level of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of limiting other relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about breaking up. Okay. How why do don't we do, do this other one? For, or okay. Other one first. That's where I was going to go anyway. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Just you some go thinking for it. challenges. Yeah. Um, people ask in this youth group panel, they said, mm-hmm. so what if you travel, want to travel together with your girlfriend? What if you want to go camping with them? Just like the a two boyfriend, of you. girlfriend? Boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. Just the two of you. Uh, is that fine? Is that... Or what are the dangers around that? So camping, camping, traveling, traveling. something that's just one-on-one. Or yeah. even it could be a smaller group, like but two girls, two guys, yeah. two couples. What are the dangers around that if you're not or married? Stay, or they're staying overnight at their family's home, maybe. Yeah. But they live further away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a tough one. So my own personal opinion is it's not a good idea. Yeah. Because... I want to honor God's rules. And he says, marriage is, uh, sex is for marriage, one man, one woman, in a covenant for life. So before marriage, any kind of sexual activity is sin. And so I don't think it's a good idea to put yourself in a risky position. So if you go camping and you say, well, we're not going to sleep together, it's like, well, that's your intention, but it's pretty easy late at night to snuggle in the sleeping bag and things can go farther than you had wanted them to. Same with when you're traveling together in a hotel or even with a small group. So I would say, if you really want to honor God, I'd say don't put yourself in risky positions. And don't ask others to put themselves in risky positions too where their reputation's at stake. Yeah. Because if I hear of a guy and a girl going camping together, even if they don't sleep together, I'm thinking... Oh, That's what you're assuming. Yeah. 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 And so that's what I would say too. Even if you know within yourself that you haven't, you've also kind of left room in the community for people to question that or to be maybe hurt by it, right? Maybe you're a youth leader yeah. and you have youth kids that are looking up to you. Ah, good point. Right? And they're mm-hmm. saying, oh, this is what my youth leaders did. 
and they don't know. They maybe can assume the best of you, but it it just leaves a a question a mark. question mark in people's minds, right? Yeah. And not that we want to be all legalistic, but we want to live right. lives like that are above reproach. Like when you yeah. look at the qualifications for elders and leaders of the church, they say live lives of integrity. Yeah, in Titus and First Timothy and stuff, live lives of integrity that are above reproach, so people could look at your life and not question your faith and your trustworthiness. Yeah. And we might think that we have great boundaries in place and nothing will happen, but we also know that as the evening progresses and you get tired, or if anybody has anything to drink, alcoholic or anything like that, your inhibitions go down. And so you could do things that you didn't intend to do. Yeah. And then it's, you can't undo them. No. Right. No. And you want to give your best to the person that you marry. You want to give them the get, the gift of your best sexuality and I would say, save that for marriage. Save that as a gift for your spouse. Right. Like holy, that idea of the holy sexuality. Yeah. You're doing holy sexuality before you're even married. Yes. If you are keeping yourself pure. Yes. And keeping all look of purity there. Which is good practice for when you're married, because then, like you said before, if you go on a business trip, then your tr- spouse can trust you because you were trustworthy before you got married. Yeah. So now you're trustworthy in your marriage as well. Yeah. We've learned that discipline and those mm-hmm. boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what if the bad things happen and you need to break up? What are some guidelines you'd have around that? Yeah, this is important. The breakup yeah. question. That's it's hard. I leapt ahead of you. I know. <laughs> I thought we could end on that. Although it's not too, <laughs> too positive, but I think we want to re- recognize the reality that not all relationships are going to end in marriage. No. So how do we do this well? So it's don't? very hard. I yeah. remember breaking up with a couple of guys when I was in high school, like that grade nine guy I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a Christian school and we had chapel first thing in the morning and then we had a break, we recess break. And I remember sitting beside him in chapel going, I am so breaking up with you at recess and could hardly concentrate because I just want to get this over with. Like, it's awful and uncomfortable. And I was in a very yeah. small school, so now you have to do life still walking alongside this person because there's only Seeing 200 in, in your entire school. Oh, yeah. yeah. One hallway, eight classrooms. People. Yeah. It's awkward. It's just part of it. You have to be kind, clear, quick, and then you just simply have to deal with the and awkwardness. Respectful. And respectful. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think afterwards, too, how you treat the person. Yeah. But there's no slandering and uh, yeah, no. untrustworthy behavior. No, because they so, might be great for somebody else, yeah. even if they're not for you. Mm-hmm. And I think to the person who's broken up with, they not feel inadequate or invaluable. I mean, it comes right down to it. You're valuable because you're a child of God. Yeah. So start there. And it wasn't the right fat, fit. No. And it's better to find that out now than 12 years down the track when you have three kids oh. and you mm-hmm. then a breakup is so much harder. It's complicated. Better to, yeah. It's yeah. much more complicated, much more long-term ramifications. It's yeah. better, as hard as it is, it's better to find out yeah. that it, ahead of time. Even in the premarital classes, we're kind of, not even secretly, but we're kind of hoping that that's possibly the result for some of those couples is that they'll go through the process, all those lessons that Thalia has carefully crafted together to learn more about each other and how you might do life together. Mm-hmm. And we'd love for people to get to the point when they're like, yeah, this, this is, is not going to work. Not the right well, partner we usually for have, me. Um, one or two people, one or two couples break up each pre-marriage session and we kind of cheer it <laughs> because we kind of know <laughs> that this that is... you put that in your statistics <laughs> package? No, I, I should say, tell everybody. It sounds horrible, <laughs> but really... I mean, but we, it is a positive outcome to a certain degree, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because usually the table leaders are telling me in advance, they're saying, you know, this couple isn't healthy. There's something wrong here and I think they should break up. 
And then they're cheering them on when they do break up because they are not right for each other. And that's brave. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine mm-hmm. being engaged and saying, nope, I just realized this is not going to be the right partner. Yeah. Even the seriously dating ones that break yeah. up. Yeah. I knew one, one couple who, with each of their three kids, when they got married, they took them aside the night before the wedding and they said, it's not too late. We're not saying don't marry this person, but are you sure? Yeah. Wow. And I thought, wow. But that's, it was a good word, I thought, because you want people to make sure that they're in the right position and not to feel the pressure of, we have caterers booked and we have photographers mm-hmm. booked and what is everybody going to think and what's the family going to say? But just say, like, right now, what matters to me right now is that you are in a relationship that you feel is what God's called you to and a good so relationship. on that note, I have a number of people I talked to it in the whole young adult zone that they have people in their life that for a while before they get married, like even in their dating time, say to them, I don't think you should be with this person. Mm. Like, I have flags here. I have concerns. And the person doesn't listen. Mm. I would say, please listen. If you're dating someone and the people that are close to you and love you and care about you are saying, yeah, yeah, that they have concerns, please listen. Like I think at home, my kids are always asking me, should I wear shoes with this outfit? Should I do my hair this way? Should I wear this jacket with this thing? Should it's, Should I wear a jacket? Is it too hot outside? Too cold outside? What? And I'm thinking, if we ask the people around us about our shoes and our outfits, we should be asking them about our boyfriends and girlfriends yeah. all the time. What do you think, mom? Is this a good fit? Is this a good match? What do you think? Is this going to work? Like all the time. We shouldn't do it on our own. Yeah, because your, pe- your friends aren't telling you that because they hate you or no. are, they want the, what's best for you. Mm-hmm. So if they see something, often we can be in our own little world and not see the things that other people are seeing. So Yeah, and we shouldn't date then exclusively without other people around us. We should be at events together, birthday parties, picnics, family gatherings. We should bring our boyfriend or girlfriend to these things so they can be assessed by everybody else. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, and, so, and so we can assess them. How yeah. do they handle these situations? We just recently had that. We had um, a number of friends that we've known for a lot of years that we've invited over to our house. And one of the young men is dating someone. And so I said uh, to his family and to everybody, I said, all boyfriends and girlfriends are welcome. And my kids were so upset. They're like, no, no, no. It needs to be the original group that we've been friends with for years. I'm like, oh, no. I said, I want all boyfriends and girlfriends here because I can assess them and I can tell them if it's a good thing or not a good thing. I want to see You want to get to know them. Totally. And I said to my kids, when my kids aren't dating anyone, but when you do date someone, I want them to come to all these events so that other people can assess them and you and you guys together. you're working together. Absolutely. (laughs) They're a little creeped out by having me as a mom. (laughs) Sorry, guys. <laughs> but the truth is, is that you are going to be the person as the mom that's yeah. going to be involved in their lives. Yeah. Once that person would come into your family mm-hmm. or community. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good to know Yeah, what they're like and how it works. Well, we yeah. do with their friendships. We'll say to them, oh, I don't know if this friend is the best for you. I don't know if this is really, they really have your back or they're, you know, leading you in great places. Why wouldn't we do that for boyfriends and girlfriends? So it's good to ask those questions as early on as we can, I think, mm-hmm. before our hearts get too invested. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Break up quick if we can. Yeah. Yeah. I and don't so. do it by text. No. Or email. Uh-huh. Do it in person. Have the courage to talk to somebody. Look them in the eye. Tell them why. It's going to yeah. be hard. There's no way of getting around it. But Same with asking out. It's better if you can do it at least the first time face-to-face. After that, if you want to plan stuff by text or whatever, that's totally fine. But I think you need to do a lot by face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, I think we have gone through the basic <laughs> questions that we were asked at the youth panel. If yep. there's more that come up, feel free to email them into us at bonus at northview.org. Do you want to pray, Erin, as we sure. end? 
Okay. She can't say no. But, no. Yeah. I'm totally on the spot. Go for you. All right. Dear Holy Father, we thank you that we can um, talk about these things, that we can be open um, and share our experiences and thoughts that we might have. I pray that it would be encouraging to those who are listening in. And um, Father, we just uh, ask that as each person who is in dating relationships goes to those dates and uh, visits with those people, that that you would teach them and show them um, who might be a good partner for them, ultimately. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for joining us. 